0: Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back to another Black History Moment with Bo. And as Tupac once said, you are appreciated. And if you happen to be a newcomer, welcome. But I gotta tell you, if you are afraid of the truth, then this is not the program for you to be listening to. Because we are about nothing but that. And I know some people think that I, I hate white people, but you could not be any farther from the truth than that. My family is full of white people and I love them dearly because if the truth be told, I'm going to treat you the way that you treat me, no matter what color you are. I only say that whiteness has its privileges and that's the truth. And in order for me to open up the eyes of my people, I must tell them the truth about white people. And I'm not talking about the everyday white person. I'm talking about the ones that are in control, the ones that have the power. It's a well-known fact that we have always been white people's entertainment. All the way back to Chicken George. You remember him in the story of Roots? You remember how he traveled from plantation to plantation playing the fiddle and entertaining the masters of the plantation? Entertainers, that's what we have always been. And later on, we're going to talk about blackface and the minstrel shows. But for now, that's a story in the future. Today, I want you to strap yourself in because we're getting ready to ride into the darkness. And bring some truth to the light. Because in order to know who you are, you must know the origin of your existence. Martin Delaney was no ordinary dude. He was an author, an educator, an abolitionist a newspaper editor, hell, he was a judge and a champion of African-American rights. And although he was also the first black field officer in the history of the U.S. Army appointed by President Lincoln, his legacy has in many ways been lost to history and stored into the darkness You see, he was born in 1812 in Virginia, and he began preaching equal rights for African Americans at an early age. And for decades, he just preached about independent homeland for African Americans' black population. And before the Civil War, he went to Africa, explored regions of Nigeria, and made a treaty with the local chiefs for the settlement of African-Americans. He partnered with Frederick Douglass's newspaper, The North Star, and authored several books and treaties on the destiny of colored people in the United States. When John Brown planned that crazy-ass attack on Harper's Ferry, he reached out to Delaney for counsel. Because for decades, Martin Delaney was globally recognized as one of the nation's foremost African-American spokesmen and activists. That with one crazy political decision, he eventually wrecked his own career and doomed himself to historical oblivion. Now, Delaney was a royalty himself. All of his grandparents had been brought over from Africa to be slaves. But his father's father was, by some account, a village chieftain, and his mother's father a Mandingo prince. And his mother, Patty, won her freedom because of this, and she worked as a seamstress while her husband, Samuel, was an enslaved carpenter. Now, Patty was determined to educate her children, but Virginia was a slave state. And she was reported to the authorities for teaching them to read and write from the New York Primer for spelling and reading. This is a book that she had somehow got from a traveling peddler. So she upped and got her kids out of there and moved to Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. And her husband couldn't join until he had brought his freedom almost a year later. So Delaney continued his education in Pennsylvania, and when he was 19, he walked 160 miles to Pittsburgh to attend Bethel Church School for Black People and Jefferson College, where he studied Latin, Greek, and the classics. And while in Pittsburgh, he became an abolitionist, leading the vigilance committee that helped relocate fugitive slaves helping to form the Young Men's Literary and Moral Reform Society and join the integrated militia to help defend the black community against white mob attacks. He traveled quite a bit, mostly through the South. And then later on, he settled down and married Catherine Richards, the daughter of a well-to-do merchant, in 1843. And they had 11 children. Frederick Douglass hired him to write for his paper, The North Star, in 1847, but they didn't always agree on the right course for the abolitionist movement, and the collaboration between the two ended after five years. In 1850, Delaney was one of the three first black men to enroll in Harvard Medical College but white protesters forced him to leave after the first term. In 1865, he reportedly met with President Abraham Lincoln to discuss the possibility of African American officers leading African American troops. Now, as a Civil War major in the 104th Regiment of the United States Colored Troops, Delaney became the highest-ranking African American in the military at that time, and after the war, Delaney tried to enter politics, and although he supported African American business and advancement, he would not endorse certain candidates if he did not think they were fit to serve. And when the black vote was suppressed, Delaney resumed immigration initiatives, serving as chairman of the Finance Committee for the Liberia Exodus Joint Stock Steamship Company. In 1879, he published The Origin of Races and Colors, which detailed the cultural achievements of African people as touchstones of racial pride. But in 1880, he returned to Ohio, where his wife had been working as a seamstress to practice medicine, and to help earn tuition for his children attending Wilberforce College. Douglass' most famous quote about him underscores Delaney's legacy as a spokesman for Black nationalism. I thank God for making me a man, but Delaney thanks him for making him a Black man. Delaney died of tuberculosis. In January of 1885 in Wilberforce, Ohio, he has been described as a renaissance man, a publisher, editor, author, doctor, orator, judge, U.S. Army major, political candidate, and prison inmate for defrauding a church. And the first African American to visit Africa as an explorer and entrepreneur. And a few months after his death, all of his papers, which could have further clarified his position on issues for subsequent scholars, burned in a fire at Wilberforce University in Ohio. My friends, I have only given you a taste of Martin Delaney. You got to look him up yourselves and read about this guy. Because this guy called for Black Pride way back when, and the enforcement of black civil rights and land for free people. Now, we've all heard about Frederick Douglass. He is one of the black abolitionists that is in our school books, but no one has heard of Martin Delaney. But do so, and when you start reading about this man, I'm sure you won't be able to put the book down until it's over. My friends, I know that music tells me that it's time for me to go. But before I let you loose, I got to tell you this. And this is my opinion and my opinion alone. Now, I love sports. But what I think the NBA is doing to that ball player from the Grizzlies is a travesty. They're going to suspend him for having a gun on his own time, not at a game but while he's riding or with some of his friends. Is he not old enough to have a gun? Does he not have enough money to purchase a gun? And many white people that earn that kind of money carry firearms with them. But you see, he's a black entertainer and so he shouldn't do things like this. But it's okay for them to put up pictures of them hunting in Africa and killing innocent animals just for the sport of it. If this man carries a gun to protect him and his finances and his family, that's within his right. It just puts truth to the fact that although you make all of that money, you're still only a $40 million slave. When you are told what you can and cannot do. I have not seen one law that says you cannot own a gun. But my friends, that's just my feelings on the subject. And I'm not going to waste any more time with it. Because I got people who love me because I'm me. And I got people who hate me for the same reason. And mostly because I speak it like it is. The NBA doesn't set its ticket price for us to go see a game. It sets its ticket prices for the great games, for them and their friends. A working black man can't spend thousands of dollars just to see a basketball game. Because our people is not supposed to entertain us. That's why the court may be full of black people, but the audience is 95% white people. Oh, there are a few of us that have the money that can get in and they make sure that they show their faces on television to give us the feeling of equality. But truth sounds like hate to those that hate the truth. So my friends, now I'm out of here. And I'm going to leave you with this message for sure. Black people's pain. Listen to me now. Black people's pain is the world's entertainment. You understand that? Let me say it again. Black people's pain is the world's entertainment. Have a great and blessed day, my friend. Until next time, it has truly been my honor.